Thank you for listening to our newest episode of our Simple Life with Jesus series. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, and we are right in the middle of Holy Week or Passion Week or Easter Week, and depending on your tradition, you probably have heard it called and and call it different things, Uh, but this is obviously a huge week uh, in the life of the Christian church and the Christian faith, and it's something that... um, really brings a lot of emotion and it's an emotional roller coaster of a week especially whenever you think back to to when this week actually happened when jesus actually entered into jerusalem starting on sunday um, and people crying out and hosanna and asking jesus to save him save them um treating him as a as a conquering king entering into the city uh, to those same people by the end of the week yelling to crucify jesus because uh, they've been Partly they've been manipulated by religious leaders. Partly they've just misunderstood um, the type of king that Jesus is going to be. Uh, there's just so many different things going on in this week. It is it's truly an emotional roller coaster, and uh, and Jesus finds himself on, on that roller coaster from the excitement of the triumphal entry to then weeping as he looks over Jerusalem uh, and and the uh, the passion in which he teaches. Um, in the first part of the week and then he finds himself in the garden uh, praying as he knows that his earthly ministry is about to come to an end and then of course uh, ends with the with the cross on friday um, and then new life on sunday just an amazing week uh, full of of all kinds of uh, of events and of emotions and i want to to focus on a specific aspect of that week uh, today and, and we're going to look in uh, John chapter 17 and these is this is Jesus' uh, kind of last last words to his disciples to the uh, to the people that would have been gathered with him as he's in the garden um, and you know this these have always been John 16 and 17 have been some of my favorite passages and I think it's because um, I, I just I recognize and I feel like you know, this is Jesus trying to sum up, if you will, uh, his message uh, and leave this with his disciples and with his followers. And it's kind of like whenever you send your kid off to camp or you send your uh, child off to, to college or you uh, send them off to a, um, a, a trip, you know, you, you've, you've been teaching them and trying to convey to them uh, knowledge and wisdom uh, for years. Uh, but then all of a sudden they're about to leave. And the the last moment you're like, okay, what are the most important things that I want to reiterate? It's not that I haven't said these or haven't been saying them, but I just really want to leave them with, with one more uh, powerful thought uh, that will, will carry them through. And so as I look at John 17, um, I, I see it as Jesus uh, kind of giving the disciples something to think about so that as they uh, continue in their ministry and as they struggle with, uh, with what's going on, that these words will bring comfort and will ring true to them uh, in the days, months, and years to come. So what I would ask for you to do is, if, if possible, um, to just sit down and listen. I'm going to read most of John chapter 16, uh, or, I mean, excuse me, John chapter 17, starting in verse 6. And I'm going to read it from the message. Um, This will be a little less familiar uh, to you, possibly, um, just because it's written in more contemporary uh, language. Um, But I just want you to listen. I want you to listen to these words and just allow God to 
uh, pull out the ones that and that you need to hear uh, those things that and jump to your mind and speak to your heart as you listen to these. Um, and I just want you to, to kind of put yourself in the place of the disciples, uh, that here you are in the presence of, of Jesus, um, knowing that something's going on. You're not fully aware at this time, um, but, but you're listening and you can hear the passion uh, in Jesus' voice. And you know that this is something that is very important. And so these words are going to uh, to make an imprint on you. And so let's listen to these words um, and allow God to speak to us. So John chapter 17, starting in verse 6. I spelled out your character in detail to the men and women you gave me. They were yours in the first place. Then you gave them to me, and they have now done what you said. They now know beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything you gave me is firsthand from you. For the message you gave me, I gave them, and they took it and were convinced that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the God-rejecting world, but for those you gave me, for they are yours by right. Everything mine is yours and yours mine, and my life is on display in them, for I'm no longer going to be visible in the world. They'll continue in the world while I return to you. Holy Father, guard them as they pursue this life that you conferred as a great gift through me, so they can be one heart and mind as we are one heart and mind. As long as I was with them, I guarded them in the pursuit of the life you gave through me. I even posted a night watch, and not one of them got away, except for the rebel bent on destruction the exception that proved the rule of Scripture. Now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so my people can experience my joy completed in them. I gave them your word. The godless world hated them because of it, because they didn't join the world's ways, just as I didn't join the world's ways. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. They are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes, so they'll be truth consecrated in their mission. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me. Because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them, so they'll be as unified and together as we are, I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness. And give, and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way I've loved you. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you, and these disciples 
know that you sent me on this mission. I have made your very being known to them, who you are and what you do, and continue to make it known so that your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. You know, these are some very powerful words from Jesus. Words that speak to us today. You know, some of the things that jump out to me is he specifically prays that we will not allow the world uh, to overtake us. See, Jesus is acknowledging that this isn't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy trying to live the life of Christ and the life that he has called us to live in a world uh, that has rejected him. It's a challenge to be able to live up to the truth found in Christ when we're surrounded by the world's view of things. And we're going to struggle with that. We're going to struggle with how those things mesh together and what is coming from uh, God and what is just has become a cultural thing. Those are going to be challenges that we face all the time. But we know that God is still with us, that Jesus is still present with us. Jesus tells us that you are going to have trouble in this world. The world has hated me and will hate you. So we know that things are not always going to be easy. But yet, Jesus also promises that our joy can be made complete in him, even in the midst of the craziness of this world. See, Jesus knew that the disciples uh, were going to be uh, were going to be struggling. In the next few days, they were going to see him crucified. They were going to be fearful for their life, that people would, that the government would then come after them. They were going to be questioning everything. But I think Jesus wanted them to know and was praying for them to continue to hold on to the, what they knew to be the truth. That Jesus was God. That he was present with them. You know, so often we can just allow the overwhelming frustration of this world to start making us question. Question what we believe. Question what is true. Question is Jesus really with us? And Jesus knew that those would be questions. And he was praying for us that we would not allow those questions to pull us away from him, but that we would allow them to push us towards him. So that when we start thinking those things and we start becoming overwhelmed by the world around us, that we will sit back and that we will spend some time allowing God to speak to us. Man, we spend a lot of time allowing the world to fill us with its thoughts and with its way of thinking. We better be taking some time 
to allowing God to fill us with his way of thinking and with the truth. As Jesus continued to pray, he talked a lot about unity, about being united together in him. It's important for us to know that we are not alone in this. That we are part of his church. We are part of the kingdom of God here on earth. And that we are all in it together. And that we can be such a source of encouragement for one another. You know, my wife and I talk a lot about, and one of the things that we love about our relationship is that um, usually when one of us is having a really bad day and is frustrated and is just everything is uh, going wrong, that the other one of us can be an encouragement. And the other one can, has, a, has a, a proper perspective on things that day. And that changes. It flip, flip-flops. But we provide that encouragement to one another. Well, you know what? We're, it's, this, it's the same way as we interact with one another as, as fellow believers. We are united in Christ. So rather than allowing ourselves to get consumed uh, by the darkness of the world, we need to be consumed by the presence of God that is seen within our church, within this kingdom. We need to always remember that we're never in this alone, that God is always with us. I encourage you, the next couple days, just to spend some time remembering the presence of God in your life. Remember that Jesus prayed that you would experience that presence. Remember the truth. Remember the love that Christ has for you. Allow him to fill you with his presence. Allow him to show you how to live each and every day in his kingdom.